Hi, I'm Pastor Brad Johnson, pastor of Transform City Church right here in Richmond, Virginia. This is the You Can Transform podcast, where you can hear sermons taught by me, my beautiful wife, Pastor Quiana Johnson, and our ministerial team that will help you learn who Jesus has called you to be, heal from what's happened to you in your past, and become all that God has called you to be in your life. Because no matter what you've been through, your life is not over. There's still more ahead of you. So tune in every time that one of these posts to hear sermons that will change you, transform you, help you to catapult you into the destiny that Jesus has for you. We love you. Tune into this episode. Resources. Um, God has been dealing with me about me utilizing my own resources. Um, and I got some improvement. You know, we all need to improve in these areas. But God has been dealing with me about utilizing my time, utilizing my mentors, my gifts, my money and my finances, and also utilizing his word. And also being more consistent with utilizing his word. Um, and one thing that God had impressed upon my spirit in trying to prepare this, um, he said that He, everything that we would ever need is already given. And God revealed to me what has taken us 10 years to accomplish, we could have accomplished in one to two years if we would have been diligent and effective with utilizing the resources that he already had given us. And, and, I, and I begin to think about me not using my, my, uh, my resources effectively, and it left me frustrated frustrated with myself, frustrated with everyone around me, and, and sometimes it would leave me sometimes, we could be honest, frustrated with God sometimes. And the only person I need to be frustrated with is myself, because God has already given the resource to me. I have just misused it. So what God is saying is we need to take ownership. We need to take responsibility. And as Pastor Queen was up here, one thing that she said was, she says that I want more for the people of God. And that hit my spirit. I'm, I'm, just, re- I'm just really passionate about people, man. I really, want, I really want more for the people of God. So even though this is, a, this is a word for the house, this is a word for the body. I really want more. It's almost like you, 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 you got a million dollars over here and it's more, why would you not tell somebody else where the well is when there's water, where there's living water? And I just want to have, and, and I'm so thank God that I do have the opportunity to share where that water is. Amen? So, so this topic, it, it came about when um, I was talking with one of my friends who is also a minister, and he said, he said, Devon, we got on the phone, and we got to, you know, talking and stuff, and he said, Devon, he said, man, he said, he said, you, you've accomplished a lot in your life, and I was like, I guess, you know, and, um, and he said, man, he said, he said, let me ask you a question, who's responsible for it, and you know me, I got to be all deep and philosophical, I'm like, Father God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of the universe, my Father in heaven. He was like, bro, we understand that you saved. You saved, saved. And, and we, we know that God did this and did that. Come on, we, we saved. We, we, we got that established. That's the foundation. But he said if, if, if there was 200% on the table and God had 
who has the other hurt 100%? And I was like, well, I guess me. He said, yeah, ding, answer, right. So, and, 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 that, and that prompted us to have a long, drawn-out conversation, but to summarize it up, I was like, wow. I was like, so I am where I am today because of my accountability and my ownership and responsibility. So the first lesson I, I want you guys to jot down is that you are a byproduct of the resources you utilize. You are a byproduct of the resources you utilize. And just to use for an example, I remember when I had to make a, a tough decision about um, whether I wanted to go to nursing school or why I still kind of wanted to do music. And I was kind of on the fence about it. And I had one of the nurses say, hey, you know, you might want to go to nursing school. Music is always going to be there. And then I, I began to think about it. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I should go to nursing school. And when I went to nursing school, one thing that I really had to become very effective in is utilizing my time. That's the first thing I'm going to speak to is utilizing my time appropriately. I remember, I remember it was times where it was times where I didn't own a TV because it would take up too much time. I remember it was times when I, I couldn't talk on the phone to people and I lost some friends behind it, but oh well. I remember having to give up music for a season. And I remember being in the studio with so many different people and doing music and, you know, it made me feel good. It boosted up my ego. But I remember having to put that down for a season just because I knew that that would take up my time. So I'm just kind of using it as a, as a backdrop and as an example, amen? So let's look at the word, let's dissect the word resource. When you look at the word re, it means again, anew, back, backward, an indication of repetition. When you look at the word source, it means a place, person, or thing from which something comes or can be obtained. Someone or something that provides what is wanted or what is provided that is needed. And when you put both of those words together, resource, it says a stock or supply of money, materials, staff, and other assets that can be drawn on by a person or organization in order to function effectively that's 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 the that's the key phrase to function is something that is provided so you can function effectively that is what a resource is turn with me to second peter first chapter verse three. Second peter one and three and this is going to be the uh, new king james version second peter chapter one verse three and it says that as his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by his glory and virtue. Virtue. Virtue means behavior showing high moral standards. So God is, if God has given us everything that pertains to life and godliness, and we're believers, that means that the right amount of money is going to show up because I pay my tithes. And I trust God with my finances. That means that the right amount of materials that I need to build the building 
it's going to show up because I'm, I'm not building it, as Pastor Queen would say, monuments to myself. I'm building it because I want to honor God. The right amount of assets are going to show up or the right amount of staff are going to show up for my business because the business, the vision for my business that God has given me, it's bigger than who I am. It's going to require a little bit more help, a little bit more structure. In every asset that is needed, the right amount of resources are going to show up because God intended for us to function, what? Effectively. Effectively in our assignment. So, so this lets me know that, that everything that we will ever need, God has already given, and it's going to show up not because we're so smart, not because we're so intelligent and we, we got ourselves together and we got all these degrees, but it's going to show up because we're connected to the source that provides the resource. Amen? Go with me to 2 Kings 4. I want to reference this because Pastor Queen did an awesome job about reference, reference, referencing this two Sundays ago. 2 Kings 4, 4 and 1. And this is talking about, talking about the same exact story, 2 Kings 4. And I'm just going to read through this, and I just want to take some time to point out something um, that really stuck out to me in, in, this, uh, in this passage. Um, and I'll start, and it says, a certain, woman, a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elijah, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know your servant. Fear the Lord, and the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be slaves. So Elijah said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, Your, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Then he said, go borrow the vessels from everywhere, from all the neighbors, empty the vessels, do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons, then pour it into all these, those vessels and set it aside, the full ones. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons who bought the vessels, in, bought the vessels to her and she poured it out. Now it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is no, there is not another vessel. So the oil ceased. Then it says, then she came and told the man of God. And he said, go sell the oil, pay your debt. And you and your sons live on the rest. One thing that I want to focus on in this passage is verse three that I find very particular. And it says, then he said, go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors. The second lesson that I want to speak to that you guys can write down, and it's very, very simple. A part of you utilizing your resources is asking for help. <laughs> simple, right? A part of you use, utilizing your resources is asking for help. This is, this is I, I didn't really understand asking for what it truly meant asking for help until I got in my 30s. Crazy, right? But I always had to, I always had a do-it-myself mentality. And being, and being a man, most men don't like to ask for help because people take that as a sign of weakness or you don't know what you're doing. So I would rather make the mistake of figuring it out myself. But what God is saying is, just ask for help. 
That is, it's so simple, but it's something that we, we, don't, we, we, we don't ask for help effectively either. And, and one thing that, uh, that God had pointed out to me was I had to get good at utilizing the resource of mentorship. Because even when I became a nurse leader at my job, I had some, I had some trouble with confidence and, and guidance and things of that nature. And I said, God, I said, I, I, I want to do a great job, but Lord, I, I, just, I just need somebody to just coach me. I, I need to coach. And I say, you know, a couple months later, a nurse leader came into my life and I still have his phone number. We still communicate. And he's, he's been nothing but a blessing to me. Just, just being there for me and showing what to do in, in the mantle of lead, nurse leadership is on his life. So it's been plenty of times where we've, we've gotten up and had lunch or had breakfast. And he's pouring in my spirit what is needed for that nurse leader to emerge inside of me. Then... I had the opportunity because everyone knows I'm, I'm going back to school this fall. Praise God. Hallelujah. God is good. Um, and, and, uh, and, and whenever you're applying for grad school, they ask for you to write an essay. I hadn't wrote an essay in three years. And, and I said, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm a decent writer, I will say, but it's always room for improvement. So I said, let me reach out to Deaconess Tony. I was like, Deaconess Tony, she came out the womb with four degrees. I said, I said, man, I said, well, since she came out the womb with four degrees and then she got five more degrees, she got like nine degrees. So I said, Lord, I was like, maybe I need to, you know, talk to her because I know she's very scholarly. Um, so I said, I said, um, I said, uh, I said, Tony, I said, if you don't mind, I said, you know, I, I, I want to get your email because I want to send you my, my essay. And, uh, and I sent her my essay. Let me tell you, she graded my paper. <laughs> I said, go ahead, Sister Tony. But 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 let me tell you, it, it was she was she was a blessing to me, and I just want to say that to you openly. You have been nothing but a blessing to me. The 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 they call them track they call them track changes when you when you send the word document. I seen so much red on that paper. I said, hold on now, she done grade this thing, and uh and, and but the thing about it is that that's wisdom. That's wisdom. So I so I looked at my paper and I looked at her paper. And even the vocabulary and, and the level of, the level of, the, she was so clear and concise. And I was like, yo, that is what they need, not on the bachelor level. They need that on the graduate level. That's, that's graduate writing right there in the flesh. So I, I did all the changes in that. And I, and I can honestly say just because I made the changes, it made my paper stand out even more. So I just want to say I, I appreciate that. And I, I'm definitely going to need your leadership and mentorship uh, as I go through this program. You've been nothing but a blessing. And then even at my job, you know, I've run into so many different nurse practitioners and, um, and just saying, hey, you know, I'm stopping them. I'm looking at their badge. I'm like, okay, it's this nurse practitioner. I'm like, hey, how you doing? Like, I just got accepted in such and such school. And, you know, I just want to, you know, have, have an opportunity to ask you some questions. And, I mean, like I said, about maybe two or three of them at my job have stopped in the middle of the hallway and given me their ear. And I'm like, hey, you know, I need, I need some advice. You know, what's the most difficult part about going to school? And, and I mean, the level of advice they've given me, I mean, it, you can't even put a price tag on it. And I think one thing that is that was so, so, so awesome is that whenever you're going through a, um, a, a program 
like a nurse practitioner program or any type of advanced uh, provider or advanced nursing degree, you have to do you have to do this thing called a preceptorship, where you're actually shadowing somebody, and it takes like maybe a thousand hours. But in order for you to finish in a timely manner, you need to link arms with these people so they can train you. By the grace of God, every person that I stopped and they talked to, what they said at the end of the conversation was, hey, whenever you get to doing your clinicals, look me up because I don't have no, I don't, ha- I, I don't mind. I don't mind training you when it's time. But, but the thing about it is that if I would never had opened my mouth and, and, and took the opportunity to even ask, guess what? I wouldn't have that opportunity that God is setting me, setting me up for later on. Amen. And, and that's one thing that God has been teaching me in this season of my life is that sometimes, so even when you don't have the resource, God will give the resource to somebody that's in close proximity. And the thing about it is that even though that resource is within close proximity, you have to understand that the resource that they're carrying it may have the ability to take your business to the next level. The resource that they're carrying, it may help you walk into the place of overflow and abundance. The resource that they're carrying, it may even help you walk into the next season of your life. But the thing about it is that you have to understand is that you can't access what you won't verbalize. You cannot access what you won't verbalize. What do I mean by verbalizing? Give you a prime example. When I needed a nurse leader in my life, I didn't know exactly or directly who to go to. So guess who I verbalized that to? My heavenly father. I said, Father, right now in the name of Jesus, you know I need guidance. You know I need leadership. Send me somebody. And it was sin. Then when I when when I when I, I I needed a preceptor, I saw somebody in front of me. So I said, God, you're in control. I'm not gonna go to you when the person's right in front of me. So I'm gonna ask them directly. And guess what? God opened the door. So if 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 you can't see something in front of you that you need to verbalize. God understands before you even act. So you go to your heavenly father. And when you can't even, thank you, father. When e- even when you can't even articulate the words in English, what has, your, what has your God given you? He's given you the Holy Spirit to open your mouth. and God, you know what I need. You know what I stand in need of before I think of it. You know what I stand in need of before I even articulate it. And God's going God's gonna to open the door. So God is saying that you need to open your mouth. Even, even when you reference James 4 and 2. James 4 and 2. And this is going to be the New King James Version. It says, you lust and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight in war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. Then the third verse, it says, you ask and do not receive because you ask amiss. Let me scroll down. You ask amiss and you may spend it, that you may spend it on your pleasures. This is going to be lesson 2.1. It says, 
a part of you utilizing your resources is asking for help, but also having right intentions and good motives. A part of you utilizing your resources is asking for help, but also having right intentions and good motives. I'm gonna give you guys an example. I remember when, um, when I when I was when I first received this this uh, job, and I was struggling, and two things that I that I learned is that as it pertains to asking for help, the first thing you need to do is leave your ego at the door. You get before you even utter and articulate that you need help, you have to leave your ego at the door. The second thing that I've that I've learned in asking for help is that you have to practice humility. Leaving your ego at the door and practicing humility. And I remember speaking with, with one of the nurse leaders and I was like, you know what? It's, I've had my difficult moments in this position and, and this person would always show up, um, just be very, very supportive to me. And, and I was like, man, you know, I was like, you, 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 she does, this person does such a great job at just showing up and just, you know, she'll send me a text message and say, hey, don't forget about this meeting. Hey, don't forget about this. Well, some other leaders are rounding on the floor. Hey, and she always keeps me, me abreast of what's going on. And then one, one day we had an opportunity to, just to kind of sit in the office. And I said, you know what? I just want to express my gratitude towards you. Thank you. She was like, thank you for what? I was like, thank you for always being so supportive. Like even just with you just coming up here and just asking me how I'm doing. Like that goes such a long ways. We got into this, you know, long drawn out conversation. And one thing that she said that really, I mean, it almost had me in tears. She said, one thing I admire about you, Devon, and she said, one, tr one, of, one of your greatest traits is your humility. She said, I've always noticed, noticed that about you. And I was like, I was like, God, I thank you, Father, that, that, you, that, that you speak and I don't speak. And when she told me that, I was like, wow, it just, it gave me so much insight that if you leave your ego at the door and you, you really have, you really have a, a, a good heart and you have good motives and you have good intentions and you have the posture of humility, people don't mind supporting you, man. People, they don't, they don't mind supporting you and they don't, they don't mind giving you their resources. And even when they don't have the resources, just by them, just by you exemplifying Christ and exemplifying humility, they'll, they'll, go, they'll go find somebody else that got the resource. Amen? The third lesson, third lesson, write it down. It says, when you utilize good planning and hard work, it will produce success. When you utilize good planning and hard work, it will produce success. Turn with me to Proverbs 21 and 5. Proverbs 21 and 5. This is going to be the New Living Translation. Proverbs 21 and 5. And the word it says, good planning and hard work lead to prosperity but hasty shortcuts lead to poverty i've ne hasty hasty shortcuts lead to poverty i've i've never seen the scripture before good planning and hard work lead to prosperity but hasty shortcuts lead to poverty when you look at this scripture and you look at the good planning part the good planning part speaks to habakkuk two and two writing down the vision and make it plain strategizing game planning that's the good planning 
when you look at the hard work, the hard work is the physically doing the work, having a strong work ethic and discipline to maintain it. One thing I was looking at this, um, this interview that Mike, uh, Mike Tyson, he made a statement and he said, as it pertains to discipline, he said, um, let me see. He said, discipline is doing what you hate like you love it. I said, that brother got some sense. Now, that is. <laughs> I was like, wow. He said, doing, he said, discipline is doing what you hate like you love it. And I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, that is a powerful statement. I was like, man, that, that, that changes, it changes the trajectory of when you do something that you don't like. You know? So, and when you look down at the, the last piece of Proverbs 21 and 5, where it says, but hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. That statement makes me think about um, Matthew 25. It makes me think about Matthew 25 when it talks about the parable of the talents or the parable of the gifts or the, the bags of silver, right? How, how the master gave gave one uh, one servant five, gave one uh, two, and he gave the last servant one bag of silver. And the first two, they, they multiplied it. But the last servant, he did a shortcut. He was, he was, he was trying to shortchange and shortcut. And then he, he, the word says that he hid it in the ground. And then when he hid it in the ground and the master returned, he took what he took that one that he hid in the ground and he gave it to the one that that produced five from five so he was in poverty because it was taken away from him and then exactly and then when when you when you look at uh matthew and, and as i begin to like read through matthew 25 and one thing that i find very very interesting as it pertains to resources when you get to matthew 25 and 15 it says that he gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in portions to their abilities. That leads me to my next lesson. A part of you utilizing your resources is understanding that God has dealt to each person resources according to their abilities. God has dealt to each person resources according to their abilities. So guess what that says? It's no excuse. That is a, that is a true definition of an excuse eliminator. No longer can you, can you use it as an excuse and say, well, God gave me less and he gave the other person more. That is why they're successful. But when you really look at it, the issue is not how much you have, it's how much you utilize what is already given. And that, and that leads me to my next example because all of us have jobs and you got this thing called income, so, but if you're working and you ain't getting paid, that's called slavery. So I just wanna, I just wanna, put, that out, I just wanna put that out there. That was, that was abolished, that's a whole nother topic. But <laughs> look, I, I've, done, I've done maybe a report on Frederick Douglass like five times. Yeah, Frederick Douglass was my man. So, but um, but but if if you have income right now, what you really need to be asking yourself is: Have I done a financial analysis? 
Have I looked at my, my income and my expenses? Am I consistently on a budget? And what a budget means, that's understanding what you can afford and what you can't afford. Am I, yeah. And, and, and the question is, are you paying your tithes? How much, how much are you paying yourself? Because you should value yourself. You, you, you definitely have to pay to pay yourself. Do you have an emergency fund? How much are you setting up for retirement? Your 403s and your, your IRAs and your 401ks. Have you, have you done a debt evaluation on how much debt you really have? And what is the interest rates on, the, on that debt? And also, do you want to consolidate your debt? And then you need to ask yourself a question. What type of game plan are, are, are you putting in place? on how you're gonna tackle your debt, and then also your financial goals. When you miss your monthly financial goals, what process improvement plan are you implementing to, to help you hit your goals? And when you don't, and when you don't hit your goals, are, you should try, and if you fail, adjust. That's, that's all you're doing, try, fail, adjust. Try, fail, adjust. If it doesn't work, you, you, you you have room for improvement, you know. So that's so that's what God God is saying. And, and even over over the years, the only reason that I've become so effective in the financial arena or effective in utilizing money is because I've made several mistakes. But also, I've learned how to I've I've learned from those mistakes. Even with paying off my debt, even when I had $35,000 worth of student loans and my goal was to pay it off in two years, I paid it off in two and a half years, all because I knew that I was getting this thing called tax return. And I knew that any money that I had coming, if, if I owed somebody and any money that I had coming in, guess what? That tax return really doesn't belong to me. It doesn't belong to me. It belong, it won't Sally Mae. Because Sally made that's a whole different topic. But it, it, it belonged to the people that, 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 that I owed. You're supposed to pay, pay, pay people. If you owe somebody, pay them that. And, even, and I, I, I even remember last year, this is January of last year, and God had really impressed upon my spirit about paying off my cars. And I'm like, I, I ain't paying off my cars. I can kind of ride this out and save some money on the side. And God just kept on impressing in my spirit pay your vehicles off, pay your vehicles off. So I kind of came up with this whole game plan about paying off um, both of my vehicles. And I said, December of last year, I paid off my truck and I paid off my car, praise God. And yeah, I was like, thank you, Jesus. I ain't got those no more. But little did I know that, that God would impress in my spirit January of 2022 to go back to school. The thing about going back to school, he knew that I would have to cut back a little bit on my hours. So that's why I got, so it's like, it's plain now. I understand that God was trying to get me to get rid of some debt so I could cut back, so I can pursue the assignment for my life. So that way, it, I, 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 wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have any hiccups for my, fi, for, for my finances. But I, but I sit back and I said, God, I thank you that I was obedient because if I would have been disobedient, how would I be able to walk into the next season of my life that you need for, for, for the next assignment for my life? So God is definitely requiring obedience from us. 
And, and being that we're in, in Matthew 25, one thing that I found in Matthew 25 and 23, it says, his Lord said to him, and this is talking about the parable, it said, his Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. This brings me to my next lesson. In order for more resources to show up, you have to practice stewardship in managing your current resources. In order for more resources to show up, you have to practice stewardship in managing your current resources. Stewardship. What is stewardship? It says it is the office duties and obligations of a steward. The conducting, supervising, or managing of something, especially the careful and responsible management of something entrusted to one's care, one's care stewardship of natural resources. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1. And this is going to be the New King James Version. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1. And it reads, let a, man so, let a man so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards, stewards that one be found faithful. So when you look at the word faithful, when you look at the synonyms and you read that last verse, and you substitute the word faithful, so more, moreover, it is required of stewards that can be found faithful, Another word for faithful is loyal, constant, true, devoted, unwavering, steadfast, dedicated, committed, and trustworthy. To use for an example, I remember when my mom had bought me, she, I don't know if she remembers this or not, I remember when my mom bought me a, uh, a bike, and it was, uh, it was a teal bike that kind of, it was teal green and it kind of went into blue, it was a roadmaster, so Back in the day, if you ain't had a roadmaster and you ain't had a huffy, you won't nobody. So I was like, I want me a roadmaster. So I, I had this bike, and I remember, I remember my mom. She said, "Look, you know, I'm, 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 my mom. She said, look, 'Look, I'm buying this bike now.' That, that 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 means you better take it serious when she said, "Now, I'm buying this bike now. You need to take care of it and put it in. Look, we had tin houses back then. A little small tin house on the side of the house, right there, about this big." And, um, and I said, okay, mama, I'm going I'm to I'm take care of it, mama. I call my mama, mama. And, uh, and uh, so I would, you know, you know, get a little dirt on it. I'll, you know, get the water hose and hit it real good. And I, I would put it in the tent house. And I was like, man, I'm going to take care of this bike. I'm going to do real good by my mama. And uh, time went on. And then I started leaving it in the yard. I won't put it in the tent house like I was supposed to. And it started to get a little rusty. And then my stepdad would cut grass. He had some other choice words about getting that bike out of that yard. I ain't going to go there. I'm trying to be holy. You better get that bike out of that yard for a while. Yeah. So, so, uh, so I had to run out there and go get the bike. And the bike become, it started to become like rusty and stuff like that. And then time, time started to progress on a little bit more. And I, start, and I stopped riding the bike lesser and lesser. And then it got to the point to where, this is funny, Lord, forgive me. Uh, my mama, she probably knows about this, I probably forget. But 
when I would finish riding the bike, we had a hill, right? So I would take the bike and I would just run, I mean, run real fast and just let it go. And, and, when, I, and when I let it go, it would hit trees. And I was like, man, this is cool, man. This is awesome. And the bike would hit the ditch and I mean, flip over in the air. I was like, man, I'm just being a boy, you know. I know y'all ladies didn't do that as kids, but I was a little reckless. And I mean, it would flip over and I, mean, I was like, yes. I was like, man, and, but it, the, the bike was just in shambles. And then my, and, and my stepdad pulled me aside, had some choice words, and he said, he said, why are you doing that to that bike? He said, do you not understand what it took for your mom to give you that bike? He said, he said at first you went from putting it in the tent house to now just letting it go down the hill and just letting it flip and run the trees. He said, if it ever happens again, you know, you, you know what's going to happen to you. But, but the thing about it is that when, 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 he, when he said that to me, it made me understand, I'm like, man, how, how does my mom feel, man? And she works all these hours, and here I am not even utilizing what she gave me to enjoy myself. Like, you know what I'm saying? I was like, I'm not even utilizing what it was actually meant for. So I was like, and, and, and that, and, and, when I think about that, that just started prompting so many, so many questions. God just, God has this thing of downloading. I love it. It's awesome. But God began to download in my spirit. He says, can you, can you, and this is, this is questions that we all need to ask ourselves. It's self, self-assessment questions, right? And it says, can you be trusted with utilizing the resources that God has given you? Think about it. Can God, can he trust you with the business? Can God trust you with the new position on your job that you're still going to treat folks right? When the, when, when the resources are, when God releases the resources in your hand, can he trust that you will still have the same zeal and the tenacity for the things of God? And most importantly, can he trust that the resources won't become your idol? Can, can God trust you with what he has given you? And that, and that, makes, me, that makes me think of Matthew 6 and 33. This is, this is a scripture that we need to keep in mind when everything that we're asking God shows up. Matthew 6 and 33, New King James Version says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. One mistake that I used to make with quoting this verse, you know, do, do you guys understand what I would leave out? I would say it like this. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, all these things should be added unto you. And people would go, amen. Seek him. One thing I would always leave out was his righteousness. And then when I, when I started to, to look in and really like dissect this verse, the key, one of the key words in this is seek. There's a difference between seeking and looking. Whenever you look, the, the, the definition of look, it says direct one's gaze towards someone or something in a specific direction. You ain't doing nothing, but looking. Doesn't require a lot of effort, right? But when you seek, 
the, it, thank you, Father. This is, thank you, God. When you seek, it says attempt or desire to obtain or achieve something. That there, there, is, there is some level of emotion behind it. Even, even when I used to watch the, uh, the, 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 the shows with the detectives and forensics and stuff like that, right? Whenever you go see a bad detective, what does a bad detective say? Like, look, I, I, got, I got this going on. Man, you know, this person stole this from me. Or The bad detective, what does he do? He sits in his seat, and, and what is his words? I'll look into it. Lazy. Slothful, as the word calls it. He said, I'll look into it. And he goes back and does whatever he needs to do. But if you, but if you ever look at the good detectives, they have a different posture. Something, something inside of them starts to stir when, when, whenever, whenever, whenever anybody comes to them with a concern. And when you go to them, one thing that they always, always, always will say is, I'm going to seek it out and I'm going to open up an investigation. That's what God is looking for. God, God, God is not looking for y'all to look at him. He said, I want you to investigate me out. This next thing I'm going to say came from the throne room of God. Like my wife. When she seen me, she was gazing at first. She was looking. <laughs> she was gazing and she was looking in my direction. But, 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 but God started to work on her a little bit. And, 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 she, and she began to seek. Because as she sought... She said, I'm, I'm, Lord, I'm, I'm seeking him out because I know there's something different about him. I'm, I'm seeking him out because, oh, you, oh, he got good credit. I'm, I'm seeking him out. Hold on, he, he a nurse? Thank you, God. I'm seeking him out because he got a good job. He got all his teeth. He ain't got no kids just yet. He chocolate and he handsome. <laughs> Let me stop messing around. Y'all know I like y'all know I like to cut up and have a good time in the Lord, man. But that was a good example. Came from the throne room of God. God, God revealed God, God revealed that to me that my wife, she sought, she looking and she sought me out in the name of Jesus. God is good. God is good. Oh man. Yes, Melanie. Um, but if <laughs> let's, let's get back on topic. But when when you look at when you look at the the most important piece that I would miss out when I would say that verse, and it says his righteousness. When you focus on his righteousness, that is the quality of being morally and ethically right, justifiable. We serve a what? A just God. I was reading this essay as it pertains to righteousness. And the topic of the essay said, the righteousness of God. And it says something, it, it had a powerful statement in that. And it said, the righteousness of God is the divine attribute that describes God, that describes God as acting always in a way that is consistent with his character. I said, oh my gosh. He said, he said that he's He's always, not sometimes, but always acting in a way that is consistent with his own character. So 
So when the resources you've been waiting on shows up in your life, the question you need to ask yourself, are you acting in a way that reflects God's righteousness and his character? Because we are a reflection of the Father. That's a question we all need to ask ourselves, that when the resources show up, do we switch up? You shouldn't switch up when, when the resources show up. This leads me to my last lesson. Lesson six. An important aspect of utilizing your resources is learning how to leverage. An important aspect of utilizing your resources is learning how to leverage. What is leveraging? Leveraging is to use something that you already have in order to achieve something new or better, to use or maximize advantage. So my definition of leveraging is when the utilization of your resources meets opportunity. When the utilization of your resources meets opportunity. Even going back and referencing Matthew 25, Matthew 25 is a perfect example of leveraging how the master gave one five. He leveraged that five to gain five. He gave, he gave the, other, the other servant two. He leveraged the two to gain two. Those two servants got a 100% return on their investment because they understood the importance of learning how to leverage resources. I'm going to say this and, and, and I'm going to close. I was, um, I was looking at this, this story I was looking at this story of um, of of this uh, of this Indi Indian boy, and I'm always drawn to like different stories and stuff and how it applies. And um, and his name was Saru. He was five years old at the time. He was with his teenage brother, and and the story said that he was he was at a train station and his brother never returned. So the little boy being five years old, he hops on the train and he says, when he gets on the train, the train, he's, he's the little, the five-year-old boy, he's thinking that the train is going to take him back home, but it doesn't. It takes him a thousand miles away from his home. When it, when, when the train takes him a thousand miles from his home, he arrives in this city called Calcutta, which is a, a city in India. And we are, when he arrives in the city, um, he's on the streets of Calcutta for approximately three weeks, not knowing where to go in fear, anxiety, everything. A stranger puts him in this orphanage and then he gets, he gets hooked up with this Australian family and he's away from home and they adopted him. But he's, he's at the same time, he's still in fear, but he's dreaming of being back home. He's dreaming of being back home with his family again. And as he, as he became older, the only resource that this boy had was his memories. So he said he, he remembers a train station. He said he remembers the, the train station being on the right side. He remembers a, a, water, a water tower being on the left side, a bridge in the ravine. And then his friends tells him about Google Earth. So he starts searching for all of these resources that, he, that reminded him back when he was five years old. So he's searching and searching and searching. He finds the water tower on the left. He finds the train station on the right. And he tells his parents, he's like, look, I want to go back to my homeland. Can you pay for my ticket? So he goes back, he goes back to, uh, to India. And this is, this is when he's 27 years old. So this is 22 years later. And he gets to the city and he's walking. He, 
And he says he remembers some, some stuff. But as he's walking, he's seeing where some of the buildings are just turned to rubble and just abandoned. He's like, man, he's just kind of just losing hope. And all of a sudden, this stranger says, hey, you were the boy. You were the boy that was missing for 22 years. I know where your mother is. So he says, what? He said, I know where your mother is. She takes him by the hand, takes him straight to his mother. But the, 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 more, the moral of this story is he didn't have a lot of resources. This man had a desire to find out where his family was after 22 years. The only thing he had was his, his childhood memories. And the only thing he was using was technology. And then he was being able to, to, to unite with his family all over again. So I say that to say this is that God has blessed all of us with so many different resources. You have resources that are different from mine and, and vice versa. So we have to understand that these resources that God has given us, we shouldn't take them for granted. Like I, I honestly and in, in have a passion for people. I, I, want, I want us to, to, to get it together. Like, you know, God has blessed us with so many different resources and I think that we don't, we don't do a good job at utilizing them. So we, we do have room for improvement. And those resources are always for the uplifting of the kingdom. But most importantly, is to always point people in the direction of the Father. Because he is the true source of all resources. Amen. If you desire prayer, you can stand where you are. I won't be long. God is good. God, I thank you for this word, Father. I thank you that you've shown up today, God. God, you are amazing. You are amazing in all your ways, God. 